and welcome to Very Amusing, your one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Wiesel, and after saying so weeks ago, which I shouldn't have done because I never keep to a schedule, I am actually using my brand new mic. And I gotta tell you, I don't know if you can tell a difference because Jeff does such a good job of editing this podcast that I could be recording into my phone and he makes it sound brilliant, but it... It's it feels so different on my end. I'm wearing headphones, which is the proper way to do this. I never usually wear headphones. I just keep it cash. But this mic is so powerful that I feel like, you know, if you have one too many coffees and then all the lights feel really bright, that's what this feels like. I can hear sounds I haven't heard before. I can hear little creaks in my office chair. I can there's this spot where you have to get real close to the mic. And if you get a little further away, it doesn't sound right. But if you get a little too close, it sounds even more right. It it is wild. It is absolutely wild, and uh, it only means that this podcast is going to sound so much better going forward, even though it already sounded great in my opinion. So I'm very, I'm very happy about it. Uh, I also definitely, I, because of the headphones, oh wait, see, can you kind of hear? I'm like moving, I'm moving things around a little. I don't know if you can hear it though. Maybe the mic's that good. But I, I feel like I, I, the only way I can describe it is the only time I've had this experience is the one time I went on NPR, and this feels a little like it. You can feel your, you can hear your voice echoing in your head. Okay, this is an experience for, this is like me describing VR, so I'm... <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. We're, we're going to get to other stuff. But anyway, just wanted to let you know that if you're like, wow, is she finally on sinus medication? No, I'm not. It is this wonderful, wonderful microphone that Jeff told me to get. So thank you, Jeff, because it sounds great. Anyway, I have been up to a lot this past week, and I can't talk about any of it. I've been doing a lot of research for an upcoming episode of the podcast. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it is a question that many people have asked me. And I have not yet answered, and it, it requires an entire episode to answer. It is a Los Angeles travel-based episode. That is all I will give you. I am finalizing it soon. It'll probably be out in three to four weeks, but I'm so excited for it. It's one we've needed to do forever, and I cannot wait to put it out. Uh, it's been it's been a fun week. It's been really, really, really fun working on putting that together. I'm keeping it top secret for now, but just know that something fun is ahead. Also, speaking of fun things ahead, I am not going to lie. I'm getting that itch. I'm getting that itch to go back to Disney World. I don't know when because I don't really want to go over spring break and I definitely don't want to go over summer. I, again, I don't have children in school. So, and I work for myself. I'm very flexible because in a way, kind of like going to Disney is like kind of my job. So it's more important that I go than like not, you know, schedule around a certain uh, job or school schedule. You know what I mean? All I'm saying is I know not everyone has that flexibility and I want to acknowledge that, but I am getting itchy to go back. I'm getting itchy. I'm getting itchy to go back. I didn't get to go to Disney's Hollywood Studios on my last trip. I went to Animal Kingdom for 3.5 seconds. So it might happen. And I don't know if I want to go with or without child. I don't know. I kind of want to go alone, but if I'm flying all that way, I want to stay for a while, and then it's complicated. So we will see, but I am getting the itch to go back. So you might have more Disney World episodes sooner than I anticipated. Oh, and speaking of Disney World, if you are not in the Foamly, uh, facebook.com slash group slash Carly Wiesel, you should be because there is an absolutely hilarious thread of when I... (laughs) Long story short, if you remember, uh, I took Pearl and Frozen Ever After. I didn't know she was terrified until I went to download all of the photos that were in my app <laughs> from Disney World, and her face was just just fully freaked out. And I posted it, obviously dying of laughter, because I had no idea because she was facing forward. I had no idea she was scared during that one drop moment. And there is now a Facebook thread in that Facebook group of everyone posting the most incredible, hilarious photos of their children doing the exact same thing at the exact same portion of the ride. I highly recommend checking it out. Um, if BuzzFeed was still what it was, like this was, this feels like a living, like 
16 BuzzFeed thread. It is so funny. It is so entertaining. And I highly recommend it. If you join the group, you'll be able to just search like Frozen. You'll be able to find it. You'll be able to find it. It's so much fun. But we're not talking about Florida. We are talking about Disneyland Resort today and my favorite time of year at Disneyland Resort when it's kind of empty. (laughs) Because it is kind of empty right now, and it is fantastic. But that is obviously not the focus today. It is my number one favorite event at Disneyland Resort every year, Lunar New Year. It is so good. The food is fantastic. The entertainment, phenomenal. There's so much stuff to see, which we are going to talk about this week. But really, go to Disneyland now. Now is the time. This is the best festival. You're going to have fun. And I'm going to tell you a lot more about it after these words from our sponsors. But just, if you're thinking about it, if you're teetering on the edge, just know by the end of this episode, you will probably be on your way to Disneyland resort so stick around we have so much fun stuff ahead and oh lunar new year the best time of year Welcome back and buckle up because we are getting into Lunar New Year at Disney California Adventure, the seasonal festival that I'm just going to say it is the very best one Disney offers. Jeff and I are in the podcast factory late tonight, but it's worth it because I had the most terrific day. It's because... I'm just going to call it Lunar New Year, and this time of year is the greatest time of year at Disneyland Resort, period. I'm pretty sure I alluded to this on last week's episode. But I love it so much. There are lots of seasonal festivals at Disneyland Resort and in Walt Disney World. But Lunar New Year really has a special place in my heart. Because to me, it is my favorite. Now, part of it is the weather. This is a wonderful time of year to visit. I today was wearing a turtleneck, a sweatshirt, and a jacket. And I was comfy. It wasn't cold. It was a little warm. You could have gotten away with a t-shirt and jeans. You could have gotten away with a skirt and a sweatshirt and a beanie. You could have worn whatever you wanted. And that is heaven to me when it comes to being a Disney fan, because I know summer is right around the corner. It's about to get boiling hot. If you're going to Florida, you know what I'm talking about. Summer there is wild. So it is so nice to just enjoy the chilly, the the little chilly, a little windy, a little breezy weather at the beginning of the year. Of course, there is the food. Uh, Lunar New Year at Disney California Adventure has the best food of any festival. Do not come for me. A lot of the festivals have these kind of like, oh, we got a fun, funky thing, and they're combining different flavors. No, here they stick to the hits. Just a wide array of Asian foods, and it is so delicious. But the best part of Lunar New Year is that it is such a celebration. It is an annual New Year celebration, which... It's essentially the holiday toasts to the arrival of spring, and it typically falls in late January to early February. It is observed in many Asian countries and cultures, and each year there's an animal represented in correspondence with the Chinese zodiac. This year, it is Year of the Dragon, and Disney California Adventure honors Lunar New Year January 23rd through February 18th. There's really so much happening as part of this festival because Disney California Adventure comes alive. Paradise Gardens is a snooze any other time of year. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It is so boring when it is not Lunar New Year. Here there are activities and food to share and characters and music, and it's all tied not to some festival cooked up for a seasonal reason, like people are coming for spring break, or there's this, or it's the holidays, which everyone always celebrates, but for an actual holiday that doesn't always get the acknowledgement it deserves. One that is purely celebratory, and I absolutely love that. But there are two reasons that Lunar New Year 2024 is huge. The first, some of my favorite Pixar characters are arriving to DCA for the very first time. And second, a huge 
huge fish. We'll start with those characters, though, because Turning Red has finally arrived to the American Disney parks. I was lucky enough to meet both May and Ming Lee, the mother-daughter duo from the film, and this character interaction was fun. It was so much fun. I don't usually like to talk to characters, to princesses, things like that, but they were so delightful to speak with. The dynamic of Ming telling me to do my homework and call my parents, and May being so bubbly and upbeat and boy band obsessed, it's something we usually don't get in that park, that mother-daughter dynamic, and it was so wonderful. I emphasize that because I almost missed it. I almost missed my shot to meet the characters I was basically going there to see. I left my house at... Oh gosh, 7, 10 a.m. And just between the drive, LA is not close to Anaheim, I don't care what you say. Between the drive, the parking, I had to check in because it was a media event at Grand Californian. Between all of that, I left the house a few minutes after 7 and I made their set at 9.28. They finished meeting at 9.30 and I just barely made it. Now that sounds like so much time even when I say it aloud, but that that's how the cookie crumbled, but I made it. I sprinted there. I, I don't know how in the Instagram I posted the video with them. You can't see me sweating all the way down my face, but I made it. I made it happen. I'm so glad because it was wonderful to see them in person. Now, if you are going to DCA during this festival, they are meeting on San Francisco Street, which I will not, I will not obfuscate the facts. I did not know what that was. (laughs) I did not know what San Francisco Street was until 927 this morning. Apparently, that is the area between the Little Mermaid's Aerial Underseas Adventure and the Grizzly Pass Trail off of Grizzly River Run. That's the best way I can explain, like that stretch of land. I know there's been Zootopia meet and greets there before. Basically, if you're at Ariel's Undersea Adventure, and you're like, oh, I want a churro, and you walk towards Glizzy River Run, that's that's exactly where you're going to see them. They will be on your left-hand side. And like, I knew that area was San Francisco-inspired, but I never put it together that it had an actual name. It had actually, listen, I'm sure all of you, all of the real Disney regulars are probably laughing at me, but I didn't know. I just thought it was a pass between two lands, but there you go. That's where it'll be. We really got to discuss what it was like to see these two characters in real life. I have never seen them in real life with my eyeballs just a few feet away. And it it was phenomenal. Ming is wearing a Tamagotchi around her neck. May has skirt over leggings. She's wearing sneakers. She has a little beret. She's wearing glasses. She's wearing glasses. I took a photo with two characters and the majority of us in the photo were wearing glasses. Do you know how nice that feels as a glasses wearer? I feel, no pun intended scene. Also, May has, she's showing a bit of her red panda side, I guess you could say. She has her bushy tail, which I didn't touch because it felt, okay, it felt inappropriate to touch it. I didn't want, you know, you don't want to touch strangers. You don't want to touch anyone without their permission, without explicitly asking, hold, uh, hugging for a photo seems fine, but I didn't want to just touch her tail. I've never met someone who is also a red panda before, so I didn't know what to do, and I wanted, I wanted to touch, I wanted to touch her tail, but I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't, it didn't feel right, and so I didn't, but it, it seemed very, very soft, very fuzzy. She also had fuzzy little ears. She had funny little ears. Oh, she was adorable, and she was wonderful. And if you are like, why is this woman losing her mind about these characters? It's because you may not recall that in May 2022, we did an episode right here on Very Amusing with director Domi Shi and producer Lindsay Collins of the film Turning Red. And in that episode... We talk about 
if there would ever be a turning red meet and greet. We, I've been begging. We all have been begging for these characters for so long. And it's finally here. But I do have to take the L. Because I goofed a little bit about this festival. I was wrong. And I thought that Panda May and Fortown were going to also appear at Lunar New Year. I thought Panda May was part of the parade processional that happens throughout the day. But unfortunately, I was wrong. I mixed, I, I got my wires screwed up. I mixed things up. And that will happen during Pixar Fest at Disneyland Resort from April 26th to August 4th is when Pixar Fest is happening. And during that duration, there will be a new parade that will debut at Disney California Adventure. It's called Better Together, a Pixar Pals celebration, and it will feature, as they, this is, this is their words, but I guess they're mine because I'm saying them aloud, new characters from the latest Pixar films, including Turning Red. The lead imagery of that parade includes Panda May, and we know that costume exists because Shanghai Disney has debuted May in her full panda look, and Four Town is apparently part of this as well. I cannot wait to see that. I thought I was going to see that today, but I'm so thrilled that I, I got to see, I got to see them. I got to see them. It was wonderful, but I was a little also expecting to see full panda May. I saw, I saw May. I didn't see, uh, I didn't see full panda May, but it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. I'm counting down the days till April 26th. I am a little bummed. I'd been waiting years and I fully goofed in my brain. I got things very mixed up, but this we must recognize is a homecoming for these characters because Turning Red never got a full theatrical release. And now that it is being, I guess, you officially released, I guess you'd say I was going to say re-released, but officially released in theaters starting February 9th, this is a true reintroduction of these characters. They are appearing a lot at Disneyland Resort in the first six months of this year. And with the film being in theaters, they could become staples. They could become classics. So keep fingers crossed. Make sure you see them if you're there. And hopefully, Turning Red will be a big part of our future at Disney Parks. Now, when I say I thought I would see Panda May and Four Town today, oops, I goofed. But I thought the show they would be in was Mulan's Lunar New Year Processional. That obviously did not include them, but it was beautiful as always. There are so many entertainers that are so wonderful to watch. There's dancers, there's ribbon dancers, there's dragon puppeteers, and even Mulan, Mushu, Chip, and Dale. And this is a really great way, if you do go to the festival, that you can see characters without waiting in line to meet them up close. The parade travels across the park. On our visit, it began in Hollywood land and ended towards Paradise Gardens Park. And that way, no matter where you are, either waiting in line for a booth or shopping or doing things like that, you're able to catch the parade. It's pretty quick. It's really eye-catching. And it's not something you have to be front row center holding a seat for. So I definitely recommend just trying to catch it while you're there, trying to be in that area of the park during one of the showtimes throughout the day, because it really is special. And it it's, it's really, really nice. It also plays into one of the reasons why I love Lunar New Year so much. And that's because of how much entertainment there is. You can meet Mickey and Minnie in festival attire, which, listen, if you can see Mickey and Minnie in a special costume, you simply gotta do it. And the setup they have here is fantastic. You can also meet Mulan, meet Mushu, and I actually didn't know this, and so I would have done it today, but I... I didn't know until I came home. I was only at the park for a half day, so I missed it. But Raya is also meeting in the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail. Fully missed that, but highly recommended to you. And then there are other wonderful festival activities. There's the Lunar New Year Wishing Wall in Paradise Gardens. You can get your name written in calligraphy. There are different live music acts. The one that I love, I'm pretty sure this is the act that's there almost every year, is Melody of China. They have traditional Chinese instruments. They are playing on select dates this year. Uh, Today I heard a more contemporary band, but 
my friend Heather of Dining in Disney also heard more traditional music being performed live in Grand Californian. She sent me a video and it sounded great. So be sure to explore on your visit so you can check that out. And on top of that, really, the park is just stunning during this festival. I know there's a lot of people who love Epcot Festival of the Arts. I know there's a lot of people who love uh, food and wine. But this one really does it for me. The decor is beautiful. There are lanterns strung around. There are these big Lunar New Year banners. There is red and gold everywhere you can see. But especially, there are signs in different languages. And it is phenomenal to see that on a casual visit to Disneyland Resort. There's just so much more there than it's spring. We like wine. And for that, I love it. But the number one draw of this festival, let's be real, is the food because it is supreme. We'll get into that and a little more about my all-time favorite DCA dish after this break. Anyone who's uttered the words Genie Plus knows firsthand that vacations require time, money, planning, energy. And if you put all that effort into enjoying your trip already, why not extend the highlights of that getaway into your everyday with FrameBridge? Put that vintage Epcot ticket up in your office and give it a little personality. Surprise your kid with their favorite character's autograph immortalized on the wall of their room. FrameBridge makes it so easy and affordable to custom frame any photo, park map, or even cocktail napkin from a theme park hotel bar in just minutes. You can mock up exactly what it'll look like on their website before you even spend a dime. Things ship fast and they ship for free, and their colorful custom framing means they'll not only help you plan your gallery wall, but make sure your place looks cooler than the interiors of that mid-century modern home within Spaceship Earth. I love the mementos I framed with FrameBridge so much that I rearranged my entire office so I can enjoy them daily. This is not a bit. This is this is true life. They're the backdrop to my podcast Zoom interviews, my Instagram stories, and even the goofy photos we take of Pearl tip-tapping away at my keyboard like she's a miniature employee. Too often, our favorite memories of a vacation are tucked inside our phone or shoved within a drawer. And it thrills me to no end that because of FrameBridge, I can finally be surrounded by my memories. FrameBridge makes custom framing easy, affordable, and enjoyable. And on top of that, their happiness guarantee ensures that no matter what, you'll wind up with something you love. To get started, head to FrameBridge.com, because your precious travel memories shouldn't have to stay in the past. That's FrameBridge.com. Welcome back. There are dumplings and bao buns and noodles and fried rice and so many delicious foods to eat at Lunar New Year. But the question always comes back to, what should I get? What are the one or two items that I absolutely cannot miss while I am at the park? And do not worry, I will be answering that for you. A huge part of these festivals is always the Sip and Savor Pass. It is a prepaid laminated pass that you wear around your neck and essentially pull off little tabs and hand them over to pay for food. The Sip and Saver Pass is different this year because there are no tabs. If you do not go to Disney California Adventure regularly, this does not seem like news to you. But if you do, this is huge. This is very, very different from the way we typically do things. Instead of the little tabs, there is a barcode and then a four-digit pin. And what you'll do is that after you prepay for the pass, if you are ordering food, you will have them scan the barcode and then you will enter your pin as though it's, say, a debit card into the little machine at the register. 
The Sip and Saver passes this year cost $46 and $43 if you have a magic key, you get a few dollars off. That's according to Disney Food Blog, my food Bible. I trust them with everything. I will not lie, I was a little I was a little freaked out at first. I like having the little tabs because then I instantly know how many items I have left that I have pre-purchased. But I, I ended up really liking it. It worked out totally fine. I kept track of it. It was no it was no problem. And remember, you can use this pass on multiple visits, so you don't have to use all six tastes at once. You can come back throughout the festival. People always ask me, should I do this? Is it worth the money? And I, I approached the items. I chose what I wanted, not how much they cost. And the total for the six items that I ordered was $48.75. As a magic key holder, I would have saved about six bucks if I had bought the pass versus just paying out of pocket for all the food. And it doesn't sound like a lot, like six bucks isn't that much when it comes to going to a theme park. But then again, that's about a buck per item, which really isn't bad. And remember, they're tasting portions. They're not actual meals. So saving a dollar on each, it does add up. It is helpful. I don't want to bash the things I didn't like too much, but I will call some of them out. I had the fried lemongrass chicken dumplings with plum sauce, and I just, they appealed to me. I love lemongrass, and I'm not going to say no to a dumpling, but they just, the lemongrass was so lemony. It tasted a little artificial. I ended up taking a bite and not really wanting to take another. So I, I don't re- I don't recommend that. The steamed pork and veggie dumpling with black garlic sauce I thought was fine. It wasn't my favorite, but it was it was pretty okay. The taro Vietnamese style iced coffee, again, it was pretty okay. Not my favorite thing I've ever had, but I did drink half of it and I enjoyed it. It is a Vietnamese style coffee by Joffrey's with cocoa powder and condensed milk garnished with a taro chocolate sweet cream. The taro sweet cream was fantastic, but I didn't love Joffrey's version of Vietnamese coffee because Vietnamese coffee is a very, when it's done right, is done right. And this, to me, wasn't the best. But there are other items that I adored. And again, the Mickey Mouse shaped hot dog bun is one of the elite items of this festival. Do not pass go, (laughs) or whatever the saying is. I don't know why I immediately forgot how Monopoly works. But do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Is that it? I've played board games in my life. Either way, ignore that. All you need to know is that this is a must order. It's $750. People were freaked out when they first introduced this at Lunar New Year, maybe five, six years ago. But it is a brioche style Mickey shaped bun stuffed with hot dogs, with sesame seeds, and little scallions on top. And this one was. I people don't like this word. It was moist. It was soft. It was delicious. I actually had it with ketchup. I don't think I've usually put ketchup on it before, but it was served with a little packet of ketchup and a little packet of mustard. And I thought it was a nice touch. I really enjoyed it. Devoured the entire thing. One of the items that it, it, it listen, you're going to hear about this endlessly over the next month. So buckle up is the quesabiria egg roll. It was fantastic. It is one of the pricier items compared to the others. It is $9, but I mean, even if you split it with someone else, you just have half just to have a taste. It was so good. Highly, highly recommend. Do not, do not pass go. Why do I keep doing Monopoly analogies? I have been out way too long today, clearly. But this egg roll is a must. This, if you're not into, I understand some people don't like the hot dog bun. It looks a little like those weird little stories that pop up at the bottom of, of a weird old blog. If you're on like People Magazine's website and then the bottom will be like a bunch of links. I think my, my friend who's an editor, I think it's called Chum. I think she's called it Chum before. I think that's the name for it. You know, like those weird links where it's like toenail fungus and stuff like that. This bun does look a little like some of it. It's like, you know, it's like a circle, a lot of circles, whatever. 
Some of you know what I'm talking about. This looks a little like those stories that pop up with those weird little images to kind of fool you into clicking with them. Um, I know some people don't like that, but the hot dog bun is fantastic, as is the egg roll. Do not miss. Oh, and also I had a bite of Heather's Red Spice Fried Chicken Bites. Those are $7.75. They were great. They were exactly what you thought, and they had a great spice to them if you're looking for something spicy. But none of that matters because there is my holy grail at this festival. The whole fish. This is the only festival where Disneyland's going to serve you a whole fish on a platter. You can get it at Paradise Garden Grill. And I, I have gone on a journey with this fish. When I first had it, I was obsessed. I was in love. I was enchanted by it. It was wonderful. I came back year after year, thriving, waiting to have it. And as Heather reminded me when we had it this year, that the last time I got it, I'm ashamed of this. No, I'm not ashamed of this. I returned it because the one that I got was not good. It was, uh, frankly, inedible. They used to have, they just put this awful sauce on it. It wasn't good. It just wasn't what the dish was supposed to be. So I was a little nervous to try it again this year. But Heather got it. I Heather bought it for me <laughs> because uh, Heather needed to try it, but she knew that I would finish the rest of the fish because that's I'm I'm the pinch hitter when it comes to finishing a plate of food, especially when it is a fish with the head and tail intact. And let me tell you, it was better than ever. It was so flaky, so flavorful, so delicious. It was topped with cilantro and fresh grated ginger and these spicy little slices of red pepper. The sauce was glorious. I I, I can't even, I, if you are interested, if you are the type of person who is going to get a whole fish at Disneyland to eat, to split with your friends, this is the one. It, it was so good. It was, to me, I think it was restaurant quality. I said that and one person we were with said they didn't agree. I think it is. It was so good. If you have listened to any food episodes I've done before, you know that you do not snooze on Paradise Garden Grill because there are always some hidden secret delights to be found here. And Lunar New Year is no exception. Obviously, they have the whole fish. It is served with steamed rice and stir-fried vegetables. They say it's for two people. Listen, I ate most of the whole fish. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of bones in there, so be careful. You got to, if you got to know how to, you know, lift up the, the bones and then eat it. But it's $29.99. I think it is a fantastic meal. That breaks down to 15 bucks a person for something like that, get it. If you're thinking about it, get it. They also have Korean style barbecue chicken. That sounds great. They have a pork banh mi, which I absolutely want to go back and get. They also have a plant-based bulgogi fried rice. Again, Paradise Garden Grill is where it's at. And they have the tables and they got the live music. Oh, what a vibe Lunar New Year is. I'm not going to spend the rest of my night when I should be in bed talking about this fish, but trust me, it is wonderful. And we have only scratched the surface of Lunar New Year. There's so much food throughout. There are even some churros that are seasonal that are eligible on the Sip and Savor Pass. The booths, the main festival booths are open until 9 p.m. So you can really dance around and have some food if you want it. If you have any questions about Lunar New Year, please let me know. Call the churros hotline. Hit me up. I'm happy to answer them. Uh, I hope this was informative with my my last uh, shred of brain power from being at Disneyland all day. I just wanted to tell you and rave about my favorite festival, my favorite time of year, and why you absolutely should make a trip to Disneyland Resort right now. Again, if you look at the at the 
ticketing calendar for Disneyland Resort, there are a lot of low-cost days right now up until about mid-February. So if you can make a quick trip, check out the calendar, just take a look and see how the, the weekends are a little busier, but there are some days, especially weekdays, that are so low crowd and so low cost compared to other days that I think it is worth a trip, even if it is a last-minute trip. And if you get the whole food, you better tag me because you know I love it. And I love you for getting it. Thanks for listening and happy Lunar New Year. Hi, Carly. This is Sylvia from Edmonds, Washington. I wanted to add to your episode about unconventional souvenirs from the parks and specifically California Adventure. I take home a sourdough every time I'm in town. I live in Washington. In the past few years, I've been going in September, October. So I have picked up the Snowman uh, sourdough and the Baymax sourdough. And when I get home, I freeze it. And then in December for Christmas dinner, I thaw it out and then serve it then. So that's one of my favorite um, souvenirs to bring home. But also like churro toffee, tigger tails, Caramel apple. Caramel apple is great, like, for a week or two. Keep it at room temp. Otherwise, it sweats and gets super hard in the fridge. I like to host, like, a movie night, or if we do a family dinner, I'll just bring it for dessert, cut it up, slice it up, and and share it with my family. And the Tigger Tail guy. Did I say that already? Anyway. And then, like, if you're traveling to a different town, I would, like, I love going to, like, the farmer's market. I've picked up handmade, like, seasoning blends like this guy was obsessed with jalapenos so he made like a jalapeno garlic um seasoning that i put on my eggs now and i've picked up red pepper miso paste or everything seasoning with local kelp just really really fun local things even like honey or if you're doing a road trip like bring home eggs that does bring me joy okay carly thanks for everything see you later incredible call no notes no notes i am a big proponent of getting some sweet treats to bring home with you from the theme parks but freezing a whole loaf of bread thawing it as an annual tradition uh, what can i say i'm obsessed i unfortunately do not have the room in the freezer to replicate this i would love to but our freezer is really jam-packed these days because uh the little mouth we gotta feed so it is <laughs> i can't believe i'm saying this on air it is uh one-third milk, one-third Gideon's cookies, one-third food for a baby. Uh, what can I say? The three major food groups to keep a child alive and a grown adult who needs access to Gideon cookies year-round. Uh, this is this is wonderful. I, I If anyone else decides to freeze bread, let me know because that sounds so fun. That sounds so fun. I love that. I love that. I love that this is a tradition. Um, I sadly cannot replicate it. Maybe one day if I get a deep freezer or a, or a big old new fridge, I'll do it. Thank you for calling. Hi, Carly. My name's Kristen. I'm calling from Toronto, Canada. Um, I just had a quick question. I don't know if you've covered this before, but I'm looking, I'm planning a bachelorette party for one of my best friends for her bachelorette party, obviously. And I was looking at doing one of those capture your moment um, sessions with the PhotoPass photographers. I'm wondering if that's, if you've heard anything about it, if it's worth it. I know it's $99, but like, I know you also don't get the photos included in that. Is it worth it? And um, if it is worth it, is there a particular park that would be best? Um, I was leaning towards Animal Kingdom, but 
I was just wondering what anyone else was thinking or if you've tried this yourself. Awesome. Thank you so much. I love your podcast. Have a great day. Bye. This is a fantastic question. Thank you so much for calling in because we have not discussed this. I myself have not done one of these sessions. I just had a friend snap some photos of myself and my family while we were in the park. That friend, by the way, is Zach Wolf, um, who can take photos anywhere in Orlando. Fantastic photographer. Listen to this podcast. If you're hearing your name, hope this wasn't not about of experience. <laughs> I miss you, Zach. Anyway, the Capture Your Moment session that PhotoPass offers, you're right, is $99. It is a 20-minute photo session, and they essentially can move around and do different setups. So like, that's basically the gist of it. I think booking one of these for your trip is a fantastic idea. And here's why. You can essentially split the cost among multiple people. So if the cost seems prohibitive for maybe a party of two or three or four, because you are a group of adults and you are all there for the same purpose, you can split it up. And you're also probably going to pay to get your photos from the trip anyway, because you're going to have so many ride photos and so many memories you're going to want to keep. So splitting it among everyone, building it into the bachelorette cost is a pretty good idea. And it also guarantees you'll get a really nice memory with the person getting married. On my bachelorette trip, uh, when I went to Disney World, we have a few photos, but none of them are really great. Uh, we took a photo after a, uh, let's say after a night of revelry, <laughs> we took a photo at brunch and we all look haggard. And then we took another photo when it was raining in Magic Kingdom. So we have these piecemeal memories, but we really don't have a nice photo of all of us. And that would have been really great to have. I, I see I see the value in it and I see why someone would want to do this. Uh, choosing Animal Kingdom, I think, is a great choice, especially if you don't want something that looks you know, like, we are at Magic Kingdom. You want something that just looks a little more picturesque, a little more nature, a little green along that vibe. I think that is great. The only advice I'm going to give you is to go on YouTube, and uh, I'll put some links in the show notes, but there are people who have done capture your moments, who have done recap videos, and that's the easiest way to kind of see what type of photos come out of this. They're not really like fully editorial style is what I'd call them, but it is great to have someone take photos of your full group, especially because you don't want someone to sit out and not be able to take the photo, but you also want more than just one random photo on Main Street from a stationed photographer. So I will leave that in the show notes. Uh, I think this is a great idea for you and your party, especially because you can split the cost so it's it doesn't burn as much. And I hope you have a wonderful trip. And if you have any bachelorette planning questions, uh, let me know because that is how I got my start in this world. And it was not easy, but <laughs> it was very, very worth it. I hope you have a great time. Bye. That's our show. Thank you all so much for listening on this brand new mic. I can't stop talking about this mic. It's just a real, it's real different. It's like if you got a whole new wardrobe and new sneakers and a new car and a new house at the same time. It just feels wild. And I'm very happy about it. And I hope you like the way it's sounding. If you do, you can rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts and rate and follow us on Spotify. You can also give us a call at 747churros. Text us, text us a little voice note to 747churros or email it to 747churros at gmail.com. You can also pick up Very Amusing merchandise at very-amusing.com. And you can follow me at Carly Wiesel on the places that let you do that. Uh, Twitter, which I'm not on as much anymore, but sometimes. Instagram, which I spend way too much time on. And TikTok, which uh, here and there I'll dabble. I'll dabble, but it's not. I just, you know, I scroll and I scroll and then I'm like, wow, I need to buy 45 plastic containers to organize all of the fruit in my fridge. So I try to stay off there because it doesn't number on my brain. But TikTok, I'm there sometimes. Follow me. Follow me. I'm there sometimes. Sometimes. sometimes I'm there. You can also join the Fomaly at facebook.com slash group slash Carly Wiesel. 
This episode was edited intrepidly by Jeff Fox. Thanks so much for listening. See you real soon. Hey, hon, it's mom. This week's very interesting episode was so much fun. I was so happy to be a part of it. Thank you, honey. The best meet and greets that we had was Goofy. I had so much fun. And Michael does this. I love him. He's the sweetest thing ever. But when we walked around and went by the teacup, when I saw Alice and the Manhattan just skipping around, I thought, oh, that's so adorable. And then they jumped on a ride and pretended to have tea. I think this was epic. Like, I have never seen anything like it. It was so, the characters were so accessible. It was so nice. I loved it. Uh, Mickey had made the railway train, runaway railway train. Um, it was a little scary, but at the end, when the lights went on and she was a little upset girl, I did go into a full skittle marinky dinky do, and some clapped, some joined in. And when I left, I apologized, and three people knew you from very amusing, so that was quite funny. Um, Halloween haunted house was great i'm so happy they had it up and i was able to see see it because it was so different all right the rainbow slide when i was filming i couldn't even scream to you that some kid was crashing into you from the back but it was hysterical but they really do need like in a pool where they have like a lifeguard up by the water by the steps and they they let you go and they wait five seconds for the next person this was go for it this had none of that anyway um back to the scrollers so it rained a lot when we were in Disney World, and I brought a blanket and threw it over the whole blanket, over the stroller. It was so easy to find our stroller at night because of the blanket, because not everybody did that. So that was also fun. That worked pretty well. But I just want to say, great episode. I can't wait to come back and do it again. It was wonderful. I love you, Carly. I love you, Pearl. And I love you, John Stamos. See you next week. Bye.